Hello, everyone, and welcome to our ninth episode of Honesty Hour. I'm glad that you guys are tuning in and listening to what we have to offer relating to mental health. Today, we will be discussing disability and its relation to mental health um, with one of my really good friends. So Javin, he is a senior currently right now, um, and he's the head of S. AA, which is the Student Assembly for Accessibility. He started this last year, um, and this is a project that he holds dear to his heart, um, and he is very passionate about mental health as well. Uh, He is studying currently at USC Gender Studies with a minor in education. Um, And yeah, so we're going to kind of dive into an in-depth conversation about mental health relating to disability, and I'm really excited to have you here, Javin. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited. But at the time of the of the summer, it was really hard to have to sort of manage my life where I'm not moving around or going to different places. I'm sort of sitting in one place just doing the work and it's not really fun, you know, or not really engaging. And, uh, and also at that point, we uh, Zoom fatigue took over as well, you know, like there's so many there's so many aspects to this. I could speak all day, all day, you know, um, yeah. like just the over the overstimulation you know we call it zoom fatigue right let's call it overstimulation by technology like we are looking at screens we we, we were told before that looking at screen we were looking the way we were looking at screens before was so bad but now look at us like that's all we can literally do yeah like whether that's email doing the readings um like whatever you're doing is like on the computer and i hate looking at a screen now so it's so it, it deteriorates my mental health, <laughs> just looking at that's the thing. Like when people think of like disability, they think of like, um, you know, what's this, how can I help you with that? <laughs> like, so we think of disability services programs or DSP like we have at USC. Yeah. And people think that's the end of the story. Like, oh, you just have your disability. There's your services and programs and that's it. You know, it's like, no, that's not the whole story. Like we need the, co- and that's the thing. DSP is not a advocacy organization by any means. They are a, literally a services and like they have a service they do it and they're done yeah they don't right that's what they do they don't necessarily have i mean of course they like want to encourage students with disabilities to participate but they don't like do the cultural empowerment aspect that is necessary to um bring a community of students together and so you know we saw the need for this right (laughs) kind of really (laughs) very late in the game in that sense game um but like i didn't step foot let me tell you this I didn't even step foot into DSP until my junior year of college. Oh my gosh. Because DSP is located on a place on campus, mm-hmm. uh, on the side of GFS, behind a bunch of bushes, secluded from literally everybody. You can't even see the sign. So what does that Talking say about... ability right now. What? <laughs> right. It's like that literal messaging of that, <laughs> of where it's located, <laughs> speaks volumes, right? It's like they want to typically a visible disability stereotypically a visible one would be um something that's like uh either a like a like a a service like a device for example like a mobility device like a wheelchair like a crutch um or like a hearing aid even um but if there's no marker on your body to tell that you are that you have some sort of disability um, or impairment then how do you know, you know? And so that was, that's kind of the challenge that we had with SAA, right? Because we wanted to include obviously people who were already in the disability community, which are mainly visibly disabled folks. We wanted to expand that definition as well, 
to include people like me and various other people who aren't validated for the pain they may experience with their disability that they don't see as disabling because they've never been told it's disabling to them. If there's any, and this is to all the audience members out there, um, if you feel like in some way that like you need an accommodation, but you accommodation, but you don't know what it might be, like you might feel some chronic pain or you might feel like you need more time for things, but you don't know if that's like a real thing you may need, like an accommodation from school. Like, go, like I think just making an appointment with like the, the services and programs, disability services and programs provider, you know, um, and getting that evaluation done is like the best thing, one of the best things you can do because you can get, sort of get that validation in some way, right? as people who are capable, you know, disability typically is equated, especially in a culture that we live in as like incapability, but disabled folks are very capable and yeah. disability has to do with participation, but really, and particularly from a feminist perspective, that participation is very political and it's usually uh, society's refusal to accommodate. You know, yeah, it's not um, that individual not being able to participate. It's the societal structures are preventing them from participating. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they put, and that's why you know we live in a culture like Amer in America, like let's focus on individualism. Like mm -hmm. you think that the person is the burden, right? Yeah. Like you know, but it's really the society that refuses to accommodate. 